0: I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapists Deserve Abundance Podcast. Hey, welcome everybody to the Therapists Deserve Abundance Podcast. We are going live today yet again for a new and epic episode um, we are streaming in multiple places today we got facebook youtube and linkedin and i am super excited because whoever is here live and or later right cuz we do definitely upload this to our podcast as well um, we have a phenomenal guest today and so he is one of my great friends he is in our mental health world his name is dr jeff rocker and he is known as the celebrity therapist. Okay. (laughs) So it's actually an awesome time of year for him to be coming on the podcast today because he is celebrating also his first Father's Day. So super excited to talk about this topic. It's very rare for some of you who know to have uh, men of color um, in the mental health field And doing work in the community as well. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring him on the screen. Make sure that you show him some love. We're going to pull up how you can contact him. Make sure you show him some love over on Instagram and let him know how you're going to appreciate this podcast episode. So welcome Jeff.
1: Hey TK, how you doing? I'm
0: great. How are you? I'm living the
1: dream, living the dream.
0: (laughs) So let's go ahead and jump into it. Usually, how I welcome our new uh, visitors on the podcast is letting us know a little bit about you. What's your license type, and where are you located and licensed?
1: Okay, so I'm licensed in quite a few states around the country. So let's start over where I'm physically based at, which is Florida. I'm licensed in Pennsylvania, New York, D.C., Texas, Georgia. Of course, California, my second home, California. You know, I love it. (laughs) Nevada and Arizona.
0: Nice. Oh, my gosh. We're going to come back to that because we are in such a good era, I would say, before 2020 that before then, therapists, it was very difficult for them to get licensed in multiple states, Mm -hmm. let alone stay licensed. And so to us in the mental health field, that definitely was one of the blessings of being able to make a bigger impact while also tapping into other states. And so we're definitely going to come back to that. Um, so your title, celebrity therapist, can you yeah. let our uh, viewers and listeners know, what what does that mean? What a celebrity mean?
1: Oh, I'm glad you asked that question because I get asked that all the time, of course. So it just, celebrity therapist is about me working with a certain population. And I always say we're all celebrities in our own right. For more so the people who are in the public eye more often than not, whether it be CEOs, professionals, of course, and of course, people in the entertainment industry.
0: Yeah, so I asked because I know it's on your Instagram, so I'm like, I'm sure he can't I don't know what that is. <laughs> so let's go all the way back and then we'll come back to like current date, how you and I have met as well being providers. And so what made you take the leap and go into the mental health field?
1: Well, you know, I grew up in the, the great city, of miami florida i love my city 305 dade county all the way alive you already know but sometimes in the great city of miami sometimes there's not so great moments And with the parts i grew which is north miami beach you know i have peers who are you know doing drugs who are you know dealing with domestic violence you know they were going through so much things and they had nobody to talk to as a matter of fact you know the people that they had to talk to didn't look like them you know i think someone said the other day that Back then, the only person you could talk to was someone who was like Dr. Phil. And unfortunately, the people that I serve would never go to the Dr. Phil-like therapist, unfortunately. I think Dr. Phil is a good therapist, but at the end of the day, people have their preference. So for me, I thought, you know, what better way to get back to my community by, you know, giving them a way to, to have a therapist who would look like them, talk like them, who, could, who they could relate to, and also serve them to all their needs that they need, of mm-hmm. course. So that's what made me think about, of course, being a therapist. But what really made me jump into it is that one one take one day, of course, I went by away, growing in the city, played basketball, had dreams like more like most inner city kids of going to the NBA. Unfortunately, I didn't even make it to the NBA, but that's all right. I'll try again <laughs> in my next life. Do do? In my next life. Yes, please, praise God. <laughs> so while in high school, um I was getting good grades and up until I started to hang out with the wrong friends. And because of that, I used to start skipping classes. My grades had to drop. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I get a call from my coach Say, oh, Jeff, come to the office. I was like, what do you want to come to the office for? I they oh, boy, what did I do now? And he, put, he sent me to the side and said, you know what? Sorry to let you know, but I cut you from the team. And when he told me that, my heart dropped because basketball was my life. I love it. I, like I said, had plans of going to the NBA. And now he ripped that out of my my, my, my heart. So I was like, oh, no. What's going on? So of course, like anybody went to a little depressive state, but I didn't realize it was a depressive state. So I wasn't eating, I lost a lot of weight. Back then I was shredded. But after that, I was now whew, I was looking like I was looking pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, also while going through this stuff, you know, I had Haitian parents. Now like in my Ooh. culture, we're not known to talk about mental health. We don't know what, we don't necessarily know what mental health looks like. We're, we're more willing to go to some of a witch doctor rather than a professional mental health. Um, counselor right so because of that i had to struggle a little bit up until uh my guidance counselor like you know what you may need to get professional help because you go, you're not eating you losing weight and of course and you're you're not you're not doing you're not you're going to classes no more so after that i was like you know what yeah. i see the need because if he, if she never told me to go seek some help i would never have done that on my own And i realized that's because that there's no uh, after, during that time frame it's hard to trust people who don't look like you facts and nice. it is so I got the help, got better, and I said, you know what? Let me go to college for this, which is psychology and everything else. And, and that's how I got to where I'm at today.
0: Oh, wow. And then I know you had a recent milestone in the last year and a half where you went back and got your doctorate degree.
1: Yes. So let me, go, let me go right back to so I went to okay, I'm
0: like, tell us.
1: Yes. Yes. So I went to the, the great Bethel Cookman University, the great HBCU all day to get my bachelor's degree in psychology. And then I decided to go to Nova Southeastern twice for my master's and my doctorate. And I got my doctorate in marriage and family therapy, mm-hmm. so, which is a long process in itself.
0: You know, I know. Well, I asked about the doctorate because I see, you know, a lot of times in our community, because I coach the therapist for private practice, and then also just in other, um, I'm going to say therapist communities on like Facebook and stuff, mm-hmm. is that some people have their master's degree and then they're at a crossroads where they'll- Ask other people why did you go back and get your doctorate? And so, can you share for anyone who will watch this later or listen to it on the podcast if they're trying to decide that they already have a master's, should they go back and get their doctorate? Um, can you Ooh. share why you did it?
1: <laughs> if I could do it all over again, would I still do this? <sighs> I think so.
0: <laughs> I'm like now, wait a minute. <laughs>
1: Of course, we you know it's not needed, but I definitely recommend you guys to go for it because at the end of the day, we don't see enough black young doctors. So to have that on your resume, and believe me when I tell you, it separates you from everybody else. And that's the that's the end goal, right? Because if you're trying to get paid, you're trying to get recognized, you got to do things that separate separate you from everybody else. Now, it's not just a therapeutic approach, but you want to put you know your degrees, your credentials, and everything else too. Yeah. Is it a long process? Yes, it is. But definitely worth worker, trust me.
0: Right. Well, it's interesting that you even brought up the statistics, because I think that that's something that clearly is not talked about enough. And I'm going to introduce like how we met, because the statistics were very real in terms of looking at Black mental health providers or providers of color with how many are out there, but then also how we're still underrepresented in our field. So, for those of you who don't know, um, Jeff and I have sat on the advisory board yep. <laughs> for the hints of the Boris of Hinton Foundation since 2019. I think, yeah, it was like before, yeah, anybody, <laughs> yeah. So 2019, and then we were part of I'm gonna say the, the first, you know, crew behind the scenes to go to the wonderful first annual, uh, what was it like, a three day conference.
1: It was, three-day conference.
0: Three-day conference. Mm -hmm. That was by far, outside of all the other affiliations that I'm a part of, I was like, can they do this again? You know, it just (laughs) sucks that the next year, you know, this thing can't But just to give y'all an idea of the level of impact, it's like, I don't know if y'all know what it feels like to walk into a physical space and see nothing but Black or of Black, because I know everybody has a different cultural background, right? But Black group, of all mental health providers mixed in with some celebrities, right, that support mental health, right? Yeah. But then you have Black psychiatrists. You have the head person of APA that's Black. Mm. You have the owner and the executive director of the Henson Foundation that's Black. Then you have all these people who are hosting CE workshops. And like me and Jeff hosted our own work workshop, which i yeah. let, let you tell them what you do as well on that side, right? We hosted our own workshop based off our specialty, but it was just awesome to like, be in a space with 500 plus black people and there was no beef. There was no competition. It was mm. nothing but love, love, right? So can you talk about the segment? Cause I know that you do that as well in Florida. What did you, what was your uh, specialty? Like when you did your workshop at that event?
1: So my specialty, which is very different and untraditional, but I love it so much. is something called a hip hop therapy. Where I, where I talk kids, of course, about mental health through the use of hip hop, because we realize when you bring up mental health, kids, they have no idea what it is, what it looks like, what the symbols are. And of course, Corpus gives a deal with it. If you, if you put music attached to it, you know, they can recite every word to every song. So I decided to you know, combine the two, meet them where they at, and teach about mental health, and they love it, and where they can recite it back, and of course, teach other people within their own community. So I do it now since 2018, even now, and people love it. The kids adore it. and it's been going good so far. Yeah.
0: If somebody wanted to work with you collaboratively, like to bring that into their school or into their agency or maybe even church, with how would they contact you?
1: Actually, they can go to my website, it.org.
0: Okay, it.org. Okay, so we'll make sure to link that in the bio for everybody, because I know that we're in an era where people are very more receiving of mental health services, and we're always looking for ways to like reach the youth, especially youth of color. Because the youth are struggling right now, considering the impact of social media, things that are happening in the news and schools. And so I think that is also a good resource for teachers Mm -hmm. to see how they can better communicate with different kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Because not all kids know how to express themselves. And I can say firsthand, y'all, it was fun, right? It was me. And I I think, I want to think my friend went to that.
1: Listen, it was was fire. We had to rant. We were right. having, dancing, singing. I mean, we felt right. it in our soul.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was definitely fun. So we'll definitely make sure that we link up. It's your nonprofit, correct? Yes. Okay. So we'll, so he has. A, he's a jack of all trades, y'all. So we will yeah. definitely link up his um, link for the nonprofit. So that if you're watching live and/or a lot of people listen to the podcast, because um, therapists we like to just have people in our ear <laughs> like all the time. Then we'll make sure to give you that information. So I know that, you know, a lot of people are interested in, I'm going to say black mental health for men, because that's a topic also that is definitely Mm -hmm. underrepresented. So I do want to talk about that Um, for any man of color. I'm going to say man of color because we have so many different cultures is um, if they were looking to seek mental health, how would they know that mental health is safe for them? Because that comes up a lot Mm -hmm. with the men that eventually I even have gotten in my private practice. Like, is it safe?
1: You know, for men, we're very skeptical about a lot of things, and mental health is one of those things, unfortunately. But I think that having professionals like myself, and you as well, just people in the Black culture, being in the public eye, talking about mental health, where people are like, you know what, I can trust this person. This person can relate to my experiences. I think that goes a long way, particularly for men, because, you know, we're taught to be strong, we're taught to be, you know, figure things out on the run, you know, but we're we're never taught to actually process emotions, process these experiences. No one ever told us that it was okay to do so up until now, or at least more recently to say, you know what, it's time to talk about these things. And it's okay to talk to a professional because you're not crazy. Actually, you're normal because we all have issues that we've got to deal with.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I've had my share of men. And it's interesting because most of the men that I actually, all of them, <laughs> all of the men <laughs> that I've received that are uh, men of color, black, in my practice, they have even been brought in for two different reasons, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And it's been either an uh, ultimatum from yeah. their mate, <laughs> yeah. right? And I'm like, now listen, we need both of on a consent form. You know, I ain't doing the whole boxing ring situation. Um, and or maybe they come in originally for, you know, relationship stuff. But then clearly after doing a thorough intake, you know, I will help them recognize that they probably need one-on-one because they're dealing with baggage, even though they may say, no, it's a family thing. No, it's an individual thing. And the individual thing is impacting the family thing. So let's let's clear that baggage first. And so um, how receptive um, have, I'm going to say even, even young Black men, because these young Black men turn into men, right? Yeah. Um, when they do get into the therapy process, um, just because some of them often wonder, what does it look like? What does it look like with therapy with you, for example, when they come in?
1: Well, what they're going to get is someone who's honest, very direct, because I'm going to tell you like it is. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat because, you know, you need to hear the truth, but someone who is definitely going to relate to you in many different ways, whether it be through music, whether it be through sports, video games. Well, I mean, I like to meet my clients where they're at because I want them to feel comfortable as much as possible because, you know, to throw out, to throw out techniques and theories, you know, they don't want to hear all that stuff right there. You've got to know how to connect with your, with your clients.
0: Right, mm-hmm. right. No, I think that that's very key, and understanding how you can work with people well, and like cultural diversity, is a big piece of working with anyone. We're not, we're not going to just say that's just for people of color and black yeah. people, um, but at the end of the day, that we know that there are clearly certain cultures that honestly were never even given the privilege mm-hmm. to even think that mental health was an option. So, you know, some of the things that even I become aware of with my sons is like watching my language because again, they will become men. So like watching how, I may want it to say sometimes, you know, walk it off, but that's what I was told as a girl, let alone a boy, you know? And if we keep, I'm going to say unconsciously dropping that information to kids, especially boys, that it's not okay to talk. It's not okay to cry. It's not okay to express your emotions. What kind of man do you think they're going to be in a relationship, Mm. marriage? And now we got these women that have all these expectations because they were told nothing but to express themselves. So now we have like a whole opposite to track yep. <laughs> communication problem, right?
1: Which is why so, divorce rates are so high, unfortunately.
0: You said what happened?
1: Which is why divorce rates are so high.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into that. Okay. <laughs> that today, that'd be nothing. <laughs> yeah, so so let's let's take it a layer deeper. So let's just say, um, a male contacts you for therapy, mm-hmm. right? What are some, or what have you seen? Cause I can share as well, but like what are some presenting problems outside of relationship problems that maybe men should be coming to therapy for, but they don't, or they don't call?
1: To be what I seen that's very um, often common is that men feel like they have the whole world on their shoulders, whether it be from their spouse, whether it be from their parents, from family and friends, and of course the employers, they have so they have a lot of responsibility, whether it be internal or external. But they feel like they don't have the opportunity to express themselves because nobody nobody wants to hear them express themselves. Nobody has to say it's okay to deal with these issues. No, they say, no, you can't deal with that. You need to perform, and you, not only do you have to perform, but you have to perform at the highest level. Which is why I gravitated with celebrities because they do it all the time in the public eye. You're not allowed to, whether it be Nomisaki no or. LeBron James or Kevin Love. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. People outside looking in, you can think they have everything going on for themselves, but they don't. They have their own issues. and You have to allow them to fix their own issues in their own time. Because if not, you fall into the other other celebrities who, unfortunately, are not with us, like a Michael Jackson, a Whitney Houston, a Robin Williams, a Heath Ledger. I mean, the list goes on. Celebrities have gone through or just people in general who are still going through things who are not getting the help that they need.
0: Well, you said a, a couple of things that are, are interesting to me, and one of them kind of dipped into like the celebrity world and the fact that their whole life is public. And let's yes. you know, there's few of them that actually will not, but it's probably because a family member has taken the line, <laughs> the limelight, right? And so, when you have someone who is in the public eye all the time, that can also be a barrier because they don't even probably want anyone to know that either there is a problem that they've become, that they've identified as a problem and then let alone going to go see a therapist. Cause let's be all the way real. Most of the, you know, TV shows and things like that, they only depict, it doesn't mean that it's not helpful, but they really only depict a small portion of the session. And unfortunately they also really show people getting therapy when they already too deep, deep in, like super traumatized or they messed up the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so that, that, that's of interest to me. And then also just looking at, you know, black men, just honestly not potentially thinking that they need to go talk to somebody like trauma comes to mind a lot. You know, I'm not going to say all black men, but if you grew up in certain neighborhoods, it was about mm, yeah. whether you wanted to think about it like this or not, you've probably suppressed it. <laughs> right. Is that you've been exposed to some form of trauma, even if it happened in your home.
1: Yeah. Just, I mean, just to the day, I mean, cause I work with kids as well. You know with the hip-hop therapy classes you know i asked the kids i mean has anybody seen anybody get shot before and half the room raised their hand oh wow you know i was like wow you know you know for them they're like oh that's that's a normal day in miami but not realizing these are traumatic experiences that they've been going through mm-hmm. and i've been dealing with they haven't been addressed they haven't been processed yeah and these are things that these young kids go through and, and best believe when they become adults it definitely plays a role into their relationships and how they interact with people in general.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that like, if you, cause I know sometimes when we work with certain populations, we see more of one presentation of a diagnosis than others. Are there certain diagnoses for boys and for men that you see more than others?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I always I'd say anxiety is the one that, that comes to mind more so than anything. Like I said about the pressures, you know, to be a, the leader of a household, you know, you're taught that as a young boy, so as a young boy, you feel that, that responsibility that, that, you know, you have to go through as a young boy and then one day be a young man. So you start to do things, which is, like I said, being an inner city young boy, trying to make that quick money. And unfortunately, that quick money looks like selling dope, you know, or looking to be an athlete. So these are the, the, two, of, er, the, the two career paths for a lot of inner city young boys, but not realize there's so much more out there for them to make some good amount of money.
0: Yeah. As as you we were talking, I was thinking about just what where our current world is in terms of yeah. what traditions used to be as a just man, not even just a black man. Right. What it used to look like, maybe what our parents, grandparents or great grandparents and how the times have changed with, I'm going to say, women getting educated. I mean, we really mm-hmm. want to talk statistics because this to me, this does impact and what can bring about a black man's mental health. Mm -hmm. I'll say Black and Brown, because that's the population that I mainly serve. And so what I found is that um, when working with the men, when I can get them alone, you know, without the woman, you know, there, what I find is that there's a lot of, but it takes a while for them to bring it up. There's a lot of competition that is not intentional. There's a lot of bruised ego that was not intentional. And it stems from at least just saying from the men that I've worked with, because maybe they don't have a doctorate degree like you do. They don't even have a college degree, but their wife, their partner, black women killed the game in 2020 (laughs) with opening businesses and having a master's degree and higher. So it's just interesting to look at like our grandparents or like my grandparents and where they were with education, having high school maximum, if that. And then the man being traditional, woman taking care of the kids. And now it's completely flipped. How do you adjust to that when that's not even how you were raised? You don't even know what to do.
1: This is why it's so important to show, you know, this century of guys, you know, just <laughs> yeah. that to do more, right? There, you, there is something, such thing as a black doctor. You know, so representation matters so much within the black community because, you know, I know for me, growing up, I never knew of a black doctor. I'm not, I kid you not. Yeah. That I was just nothing I was seeing within my local neighborhood up until I started to move. Of course, go to college and get my master's and doctor, but that was something unheard of. Mm-hmm. I, I would see a whole bunch of NBA players, NFL. You know, dope dealers, I've seen that garbage man, but these other career paths, but a doctor or a therapist, oh my gosh, it's unheard of. As a matter of fact, five years ago, it took about five years ago for mom to accept my career path that I'm in. Because for her, she saw as being a doctor in psych as something like, ah, what is that, right? Because we don't believe in this. What is that? What is that? You know, and I, you know what? It's my mom. I love her. You know, but said it. it's culturally she realized that things have. She didn't realize that things have changed so much because culturally back home, which is for her in Haiti, yeah, there's no such thing as doctors in sight. It's if you're a doctor, you're an MD. That's like it.
0: Psychiatrist. That's that's what you are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it. But now realize there's so many degree paths you can take to be a doctor in. So she didn't realize it up until now. She's like, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you took that path. You do a pretty good job in it. You know. Yeah. Well, it's you know. interesting
0: even that we have to. Like psychology is not a easy it's not. thing to explain to people. Of course, understand it. Yeah. But let alone explain it to someone like, you know, I, I mean, you know, my energy, even all, I mean, they all know my energy. You know, I dance <laughs> and so it was just always interesting that when I would tell my family what I was going to school for, as I started, like going into the master's and a doctoral program, because they were like, why are you still going? I don't mm-hmm. you doing, All you're doing is being a counselor. You're just talking to people. And I said, no, you know. And so I one day decided to explain to my mother and my grandfather what I was doing. And my grandfather, super old school, deceased now, but was from Arkansas. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so he said, I just can't see you being serious because all they see is me. I mean, I'm serious with school, but they can't yeah. see me being serious when I interact with people because I'm, I'm fun. But I'm like, but I'm also not in that element. But that but who I am also makes me better at what I do, especially with who I've chosen to work with.
1: And you know what? You you, you bring up a very good point, which is I preach all the time, is that you have to allow people to see who you really are. Mm -hmm. And this is how you get your clients as well. Because nobody wants to see just the the degrees and credentials and call it a day. They want to get to know you because half the battle in therapy has been a report. So if I can't connect with you, I can't relate to you, I already lost you.
0: right right that is so true so i know that like we have two different audiences usually i say this in the beginning but we have two different audiences that listen to or watch the podcast we yeah. have clearly therapists and then we have general public right so for the therapists i mean they've heard about your journey with school but one of the areas that we talk about is business having your own private practice venturing out into other gifts that you have and so we're going to talk about two can you share with them Why you chose to open up your own mental health side of like a business? Because I know you got a whole nother side. But what made you like go into your own business for mental health? Oh, that
1: is a very good question. You know, I wanted to find a way to make a a huge impact within the community, but but while also find a way to make money. You know, I, I think those two normally in conversations don't go together. Mental health, making money. Nah, something <laughs> something wrong with this picture. This don't make no sense. So, Say that again, right? So, yeah, right, right. So for me, that's why I took the approach of working with celebrities because during my path of finding who, I, who I'm trying to be, which is right now, I used to model. I used to act. I, I'm a musician. I, of course, I play sports. And I decided all those things that I'm passionate about, how about I bring that within my therapy sessions or in the population that I work with, which is what led me to work with celebrities. Mm-hmm. So it's not just celebrities where you can make money, but it's anything that you're passionate about, what I encourage everybody to do is find a creative way to be different from everybody else. And believe me, it can be done. I'm a living proof of that. What I'm doing is very different from anybody else, you know, and I'm sure you could come up with something something different as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really boils down, if we're talking business, to branding.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, One of the things I was sharing in a YouTube Live last night is that, Um, Because I was doing like a YouTube live, just explaining like how I got to where I am. Because they look at, you know, some of them are very attractive when I post about money. And I know that I shared that when I posted in one of these Facebook groups, man, I got chewed out because I was coming from the manifestation universal heart. And I definitely believe that therapists should make a good living. I do not think they should be on the bottom of the top of the pole because we are essential providers as well. And clearly that wasn't highlighted until the pandemic, unfortunately, but now it's great. Exactly. Right? But at the same time, what I was sharing is you got to go with what makes you happy, yeah. what your gift is, and if you're aligned with when you find it, your purpose, money will follow. And when I say that from time to time on social media platforms, I tend to just like the, I'm going to say 1% of the people who are like watching the post, I will get a little low key chewed out without profanity words. At least that's how I receive it. And I'm like, you know, you really don't understand the messaging, what I'm saying. I'm not saying that don't focus on money, but if that's your only focus, what you're living for is money. And that is not a purpose.
1: That but, is a thing. But you can't do both at the same time.
0: Oh, no, well, hands down, you can do both. Mm-hmm. But I hope that you're making money while doing what you love. Otherwise, it's going to mm-hmm. lead to burnout. And therapists also saw that firsthand after 2020. Cause if you pay close attention to like our little therapist circles, they're saying they're burnt out as of what was it, summer twenty twenty one. That's when I really started to hear it. But I saw it a lot again in January. And now we're middle year. I hear it again again. And I'm like, y'all not taking time off. Why? Because y'all make enough money. You know what I'm saying? Like, go make more money instead of taking mental health days off when you're having a panic attack <laughs> and actually make a good living so that you can live well. Cause like, what are some of the things that you've been able to do as a result of choosing to be successful with your gift? Like you travel, what you do for fun.
1: Ooh, what is fun these days, right? Oh, no, actually I, I will say this. I have to be fair with myself and you know, my job is pretty interesting in, in itself. So I, I do have fun doing, you know, providing therapy, but also being the clients that I do meet. For therapy too, which includes traveling, branding, marketing, you know, every day I would say I spend about 15 hours a week just doing therapy. The rest of the time is me marketing and branding myself. And t- when I tell you that, that's a very important aspect in regards to business wise. You need to learn how to brand yourself and do it well and invest in yourself because a lot of people don't like to spend, like don't invest their money into themselves. I don't know why not, but you should because if you try to get make money, and I mean good money, because. I'm sure nobody wants to live paycheck to paycheck. I know I don't, and I, I never will. I used to be there before, but I never will go back to those days. <laughs> you got to invest in yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned something like the branding and investing yourself is a very big deal. And people listen to this who are not even a therapist. So whether you're a potential client yeah. or just general public on GP, okay, is that if you provide services to the community or to people, you are a personal brand, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Like, what Jeff is talking about is that he is a personal brand. Because he is part of his brand, his brand requires his face and or his voice and or both, yeah. which means that he has to invest in things that, you know. sometimes we don't wanna deem as important. Not just colors on your social media feed, right? Cause that ain't all, even all the way important. You know what I'm saying? As long as your messaging is on point, mm-hmm. but like your health, taking time off, spending time with your family, Enjoying relationships, you know, mm-hmm. like all of those things make you a happier person in which now people can see that also, Jeff, you live out your brand. Like you are your own celebrity. Like, look at your shirt. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I see it. <laughs> oh, wait, I am a pop star and a black yeah, doctor. Yeah,
1: let the people know in the back. Listen, let the people know the-
0: Listen <laughs> you got to be your own pop star first before you be somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Right. So now let me introduce or I want you to introduce, like, what else do you do outside of mental health? Because I also want to like I'm going to say for younger people, too, that are going to school for psychology. Mm -hmm. Don't just think that you got to be stuck in like a room with white walls and that is your life and because it looks unattractive. And that's why I think a lot of kids don't even consider psychology because what is it, TV? makes it either look dramatic or boring.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like there's no middle. So what do you do that is in addition to mental health?
1: So I also have a, a management company called Rocket Management, where I manage, of course, athletes, entertainers, even clinicians within the field to help them promote and brand themselves. Because Once again, branding is important. And I realize now everybody, it doesn't come as easy as it is for me, for everybody else. So I definitely have to help people in that area. And how did you
0: choose that? Because that also, when I'm, I'm thinking about the therapists in our program, they're in fear sometimes of stepping out and tapping into other gifts that they have. And so they just don't. And so what made you say, I'm going to do it? Cause I know that you probably have this going on, but then I started seeing it last year and I like my husband saw it. He was like, okay, i see you. We're going to have to come to Miami again and have a party. <laughs>
1: Honestly, I want to get paid. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. For me, I was like, listen, I realized doing this is gonna put money in my pockets, put money for my, put food on the table for my family. So I got to do more for myself and for my business too. You know, it's not—it's more than just giving back, which I love. By the way, it makes me very happy to give back. But I got to find creative ways. Once again, you got to be creative. You got to be different to, you know, to make yourself so people can pay you for your service that you that you deserve. Because being like everybody else, believe you get paid like the average therapist, which, as you said, statistically on the average. You know, we, we're not real. We're, right, we're at the bottom of the barrel, statistically. That's the average therapist. But if you're very different in your approach, believe me, you can make some good money within this field.
0: Right.
1: You can't contend, you know, she can contest with that, too. Believe me, be watch, watch, watch her as page. She'll let you know how much money you can make. <laughs> let you know.
0: <laughs> look, so this is like my, my mindset around it, right? Does everybody know? Like, clearly, my background, I like nice things. Like, that uh-huh. is not a secret, right? Yeah, um, sure. But I think it is, I mean, if we're talking, like, all the way real, they, my, Community, know I'm super transparent. Is that from the outside looking in, people can assume two different views of me, right? If they don't spend time with me. And I think the same thing can happen with you because if they go to your page, they will only see primarily your title and one thing theme in terms of a thing, right? And so I'm just telling people, make sure that you get to know a person because Instagram only shows like one percent of the true person, unless somebody just wants to gossip about their whole life. So for example, I have a background full of yeah luxury items, right? But how I see making money for anyone is that like Jeff has a nonprofit, he can make more money so that if one day he says, you know what, we got money for this program, people are investing in us to give back to the community. But I got a cool five hundred thousand dollars over here. You know what? I want to go ahead and uh this year let's get like five kids some laptops. Let's uh, like he he can do that because he can choose the way he wants to spend his overflow of blessings because he's operating in his gifts. So I really just want to, I like to say stuff like that over and over again, because people will see, Oh, he's a celebrity therapist. Like, I feel like that's how they be saying it. At least it's in my head. right? Like, Oh, he's a celebrity therapist. Oh, he's taking all these bitches with celebrity. Who he you think he is walking on the tarmac, getting on the plane? Like I'm being real. Cause every time I look at like your stuff, I'm like, I hope that really people see the impact that he is making. Honestly, to even get your freaking foot. In the door to be alongside of these people because these people need help too. Just mm-hmm. because they got a title and they're on TV and they got money, don't mean that they're cool behind closed doors. And if they wanted to talk, they could because they trust you. Yeah. Because you've put yourself out there and they know that you're authentic. Like this is just not who you are because you're on a pitch with them. This is how I know you. So this is who you are. So I'm just and, saying, like, oh, there's a book by
1: discovery. And you know, I also want to say that just to let people know. Working with celebrities, they're a vulnerable population as well. So people think that just because they have the fame, the 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 limelight, the money, they think that life should be great. They go through a lot of issues that, you know, unfortunately, they have to solve it in the in the public. You know, where we see where everybody else has the benefit to do it behind closed doors, they don't have that same luxury.
0: Right. That's good. That that's actually a very, very good point. Because sometimes we take advantage of being able to close the door. Some of them, you know, they chose it, but they didn't make, you know, some people don't think all the way through like 20 years like you know they just go day by day especially mm-hmm. the young ones like i just want my fame today <laughs> you know but when you when you start raising a family in yeah. the public eye you know uh everything just there's no secrets no. and in therapy there is but they have to be willing to trust you that you can keep their secrets yeah. because i know a few people who want to tap in i, I think i sent one of my clients to you like just see who he is mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because it's not easy at all to tap into any specific industry because you have to show up and be consistent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So anything else that you want to share with our viewers? I know that we've talked about the importance of Black mental health. We've talked about men's mental health and what that can look like if they go, but also what may be preventing them. You know, we kind of spoke to the ladies unintentionally by saying we don't want y'all to just be dragging these men to therapy. Oh, that's what you said that I didn't go back to. Give men a voice. Yes. And a lot of men don't feel like they have one. And I'll just, I just want to add this piece. And I don't know if you've seen this before with kids. Mm-hmm. My dissertation was um, parental um, involvement with black kids in therapy. Mm-hmm. And I chose that dissertation topic because the black parents were not involved in the kids that I was seeing. So I'm like, I might as well make it my project. And so when I was doing my project and my research, parents still, you know, they started getting on board because I was applying what I had learned and what I had read. But I start, I turned that into a business. And I started doing workshops on my dissertation. And I remember a Caucasian man stood up because it was a very diverse population in the Bay Area in California. And he said, I noticed that throughout your presentation you kept saying her, she, mom. I didn't even know I was saying this because we don't even know how trained we are, right? To say Mm -hmm. certain things. And I didn't know where he was going, but I was receptive, not defensive, right? And he said, you know, I wonder why you do that. And I said, well, tell me more because I want to rectify it too. I want to solve the problem. And he said- I noticed that you didn't say he and my my response was, I think that because of my experience of being a clinician, but it doesn't make it right of what I did. So I'm very happy that you said that because that actually changed my whole presentation going forward. So take feedback, number one. But Mm -hmm. secondly, as he pointed out, I'm a father. And to be honest, I've been through this process of like one of his kids going to therapy, but he's a therapist. Mm -hmm. And he said that it bothers me that I hear more often than not that when the therapist wants to talk to a parent or a guardian, they always go to the mother or they always ask the kid who do you wanna to talk to when the kids by default end up saying mom because maybe moms appear more caring. I don't know what it is emotionally mm. or safer, <laughs> right? Like daddy to be like, what, you know? And so, but by default, what happens is a therapist never even extends an invitation to the father. And in turn, then write and say, the father's not involved.
1: Which is very common. They're like, oh, father, there ain't someone over there. But I go to the mom, she going not get things done.
0: <laughs> right. It's it's, it's it's mixed. But I just want to highlight that, especially for therapists and for fathers who are listening, because more and more kids are actually becoming more even receptive to going to therapy. We got programs like Jeff's that go potentially into program schools, yep. organizations. But also we got school counselors. And just make sure that we're being aware and ethical to make sure that we're tapping into the kids, other providers, because a lot of kids have very close relationships with fathers and black fathers <laughs> are involved in their kids' lives. Parents are actually still together. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't care what the in old is. Yes. You know, so make sure that we're extending the invitation to both parents or caregivers because we don't know who kids live with, but don't leave black men out because to me that just perpetuates the problem of like, I don't want to see a therapist because they don't even want to call me for my kid, let alone me. Mm, Yeah. You know, so what we're going to do, I know Angela, uh, some people said hello, right? So Angela said hey, right? She said at the very beginning. So, um, we, like I said, we're streaming live on various platforms. For those of you who prefer to listen to it on the podcast, we typically upload these podcasts about one week out. I want to say from the bottom of my heart, I thank Dr. Jeff for taking out his schedule of also being a new. Oh yes. you know, and, and coming and showing some love. And so we're gonna make sure to link up. I'm gonna go back into YouTube and link up his nonprofit. Um, we have his Instagram already there. Check out anything that he has um in terms of on his Instagram, but also show him some love. My biggest thing is show love yeah. because he is a very rare commodity on this podcast. <laughs> I think we're the second black male, I'm like. Second black
1: man, <laughs> um, we got to change that. We got to,
0: well, I mean, we got to start with the kids, they got to know it's okay to also want to talk to other people, which means that we have to help them work on themselves first. Yes, right. So, I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast today. I definitely enjoyed bringing on a guest. Um, hopefully, we can have him back for some other like fun type topics, you know, Let's talking about market management. You feel me? Yeah. Um, about the next one? That's Miami. Right. Yeah, we I gotta we we gotta get to Miami though. Like, real talk, we need to talk after this. We'll wrap up and stay on, but I'm like, we need to make it to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a great and prosperous and abundant weekend. Bye.
1: I right, take care, everybody.
0: dot com.